Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. At Twitter, roused about. Uh, <laughs> Aren't we all? Uh, yeah. uh, I think that's a great term for it. So uh, the reason I wanted to have you on the show this evening is because you're one of the voices um, that I follow on Twitter that I really respect for uh, thinking about the bills, be- which is a wash in people who are able to do what anybody can do now, which is basically watch the game and then analyze it and try to speak from some place of authority with what, you know, what they're seeing. Um, I appreciate uh, people who kind of like know their blind spots, so to speak. And today you were talking about how like zone coverages are hard for you. And like you see it, the phrase you said is like, I still think like a defensive lineman. And like, it's just, it, it's great uh-huh. because I can picture in my mind, the Madden plays on defense where the two defensive linemen on the ends drop back in the zone. And it's just two little ovals that go out. And I would be like, oh yeah, sure. That makes sense. That's what a zone is. It's just two circles on the field, right? That's basically how it works. So I'm glad that you and I can speak probably from the same level of expertise here, which I appreciate. The first, I, before we get to the bills though, I wanted to ask you, have you ever had on your report card something that said you were a pleasure to have in the classroom? Uh, it depended on the class, to be honest with you. Uh, English and history were definitely uh, classes where I would be a pleasure in, I suppose. Uh, Math and science, definitely less so. Got up to some uh, shenanigans in those classes. Mm. A lot of teachers didn't like me. But, uh, yeah, English and history, pleasure to have in class. See, I it's weird because I liked history a lot when I was in school, but I had a horrible time reading. I never once read a book on a summer reading list. So I would be, like, perfectly fine in history. I would just get by on by shooting from the hip. But, like, when it came to, like, hey, you read just read this thing, what do you remember? And my tiny little squirrel brain would be like i think i saw some print that's about as good as i can do like every english teacher is like i don't know he, he seems kind of smart but maybe he's actually a rockhead and that would be like oh. what it said on my report card to my parents ah. and like so like report card day was like the worst for me it was never gonna go well i, I don't, yeah i don't think i ever tried to like hide my report card did you like did it ever get that bad where you were like i don't know i got lost in the mail Definitely not, but uh, I also, because I'm a certified youth, 
Uh, I grew up in the age where uh, report cards and grades were posted uh, online live as they happened. Uh, so there was no hiding. There was like, if I didn't do well on a test, I would hear about it like 24 hours later. You know what? Situation. Respect to the teachers for getting those grades posted right away. That's not easy to do. I, I it, yeah. it, it, There's a lot of, believe me, there's a lot of downtime in grading all the, that paperwork. It can be a, a little bit as myself as a teacher now, like being like, yeah, hey, give me about a week. I'll try to keep them up to date. You know, I got kids running around the house trying to keep it from burning down. All right, let's get to the Bills. So the, I want to start off talking about Josh Allen because the quarterback is the thing. And I feel like there is a strong sense in the Buffalo uh, multiverse that Josh Allen is set. Like, he, he, he grew out of whatever his struggles were early on, and now we have Josh Allen, and he's a known thing. And I wonder how dangerous that is. How can we be sure that Josh Allen, now that he reached a very high level of play last year, that he will maintain that level of play? Like, how can we be confident that this is the Allen we're going to keep seeing? What do you think? Uh, if I can be totally honest, uh, I think that kind of has less, has less to do with Allen and probably more about the uh, scheme around him. Uh, if So... Dable's offenses in 29 and 2020 were uh, were um, they were fairly consistent. Uh, like both offenses led the league uh, in coming out in um, 11 personnel, I believe. So that's with a tight end and running back on the field. Uh, so Allen has kind of been uh, running with uh, a very similar uh, personnel package, at least uh, even if you know some of the players have been swapped in and out. Uh, and based on them swapping out John Brown for Emmanuel Sanders, um, which uh, he's a player who's going to thrive uh, in what they like to do last year, which is they come out in 11 personnel and they're throwing uh, deep crossers against uh, a single high safety. Yep. Uh, and uh, because a lot of teams run cover one and cover three, uh, it was very effective. Um, and you actually saw him uh, – trip up against the Chiefs twice because they run uh, a fair amount of cover two and they play uh, very physical uh, man coverage on the corners. If you watch uh, the cornerback play for Kansas City in the playoff game, they are playing very physically. They're getting away with a lot of holds, which, you know, that's what, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. So I'm not like crying about it or anything. Right. Um, But so I think if Allen uh, shows that he can adapt to playing um, against that style of defense, uh, I think we'll probably see his arc um, at least stay positive. I don't think you're ever going to see him make a like year two to to year three leap ever again uh, because that was like pretty unprecedented. Uh, people who tell you that he showed what he was going to do in year three in year two are wrong. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think if I guess it depends on uh, Dable working cover two beaters into the offense, but um, if he can uh, sort of uh, process the kinds of blitzes that they were showing him to, uh, I think he should probably stay on a positive tra- trajectory. You know, it, it's not like you see defenses radically alter what they do very often against a quarterback they play. I don't think McDermott would ever say that he is like totally and him and Leslie Frazier have just like we're to- it's a totally different defensive scheme for this kind of Definitely quarterback. Not. Like you just don't hear it. So like I don't know if like 
will Allen face more cover too this year if he's bad at it? Because most teams just don't adapt and play defense that way. They just don't like, oh, this week we're going to do cover two because Allen sucks at it, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So even if it uh, is his weakness, how much of a weakness is it if defensive coordinators and head coaches are stubborn about it? So I think that there's a couple things happening there, which is um, too high defense in the NFL is uh, sort of coming back into vogue because it's pretty effective against uh, some of the Shanahan passing concepts that like half the teams in what? the league run now. So wait a minute. Okay. That sounds because like if it's if Shanahan's running like short passing, quick passing kind of stuff. Am I getting that right? Not quite. Okay. Uh, ah well. The uh, he's like the like pure Shanahan offense is you're running on a single back more than most teams. Uh, you're using a lot of play action and you're trying to hit wide receivers on crossers. Um, the Bills do a fair amount of that too. Uh, they steal a lot of those concepts and a lot of those concepts uh, evolved to beat cover one and cover three, where there's one single high safety. Uh, so last year you saw the Rams and Brandon Staley, who is taking his defense to the Chargers. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you're seeing teams start to run more too high, which is way more effective at beating that style of offense that the Bills run and a lot of teams run now. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say the Bills use, like, have a pure Shanahan offense because they do a lot of other stuff too. But um, you are seeing cover two and uh, other two high safety stuff. Less cover two, but like, cover four and that stuff uh you're you might be seeing that spread if not this year then next year for sure or at least that's what the nerds think will happen Mm. um so yeah we'll see uh it's just uh something to flag that i don't think a lot of bills uh fans and buffalo media people have like uh identified yet as a possible problem i guess it just depends on because so much of that is processing right like if you're if if he's bad against cover twos because it's what he sees and it's deciding on where to go because his physical tools are not the problem. It's all about processing sure. power at that point. Um, and with the Bills running, you know, the style of offense that they do, I mean, Allen's athletic ability allows you to just kind of like really get creative and explore the space simply because your quarterback can do a lot of things that many other quarterbacks cannot do. Um, mm-hmm. So the Bills aren't ever going to like really fit into that one kind of mold of like they run this style of offense and that's just it. Like you're never, Allen's never going to be able to really fit into that feel of what they do. So I'm constantly like thinking to myself, like I don't really know how to read Allen in the future simply because he's a hard guy to read in general. I think the other thing that, um, and I don't mean to uh, steal something that we might be talking about later, but uh, down the stretch last year, the bills had a unreal uh, amount of protection for him. And whenever a quarterback just gets to sit in the pocket for like three, four seconds and just like really take his time and like quarterbacks like that are very hard to evaluate. Um, You can see this a lot with uh, what Zach Wilson did at BYU last year, where he just had this unreal offensive line and he was just sitting back there forever and uh, hitting a whole bunch of uh, tiny white guys uh, (laughs) over the middle of the field. We got a couple Um, of those. Yeah, yes, we do. Um, well, I don't want to talk about one of them. Um, but, uh, but so he's kind of hard to evaluate Evaluate for that reason for me and I think for uh, some other people I know uh, who I follow who are much smarter than me, um, who I think have a better uh, ability to evaluate quarterback play, which is not really my uh, wheelhouse. So if would you say that your wheelhouse is more defensive-oriented? 
Sorry, could you repeat that? Would you say that you're more like a defensive-oriented person? Like that's what you look for. That's kind of what you know a little bit better. The defensive side of the ball. Uh, it depends. Uh, like I know a good amount of theory for like uh, what what routes beat what coverages and uh, stuff like that. And I know defensive line play a good amount, or at least the theory of it anyway, because uh, I used to play defensive line. Better than me. Um, yeah. Um, I don't coverage is not my strong suit. Uh, I've, I've watched like, uh, I've watched some coaching clinics to try and brush it up and I'm getting there, but, uh, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, doing film breakdowns anytime soon of like what the bills do in a- coverage. For absolutely sure. perfect level of expertise for this show right now. Uh, Victoria right. Saley joining me on the line. We're talking bills football. So, uh, speaking of, of the defensive line, um, what can we expect out of the two rookies this year? They are, I've heard them each described as being extremely long people, like big wingspan, kind of a joint, Um, very tall dudes. Like every picture I see of Rousseau is just, he does not look like a normal human being. So the Bills have drafted these absolutely incredibly impressive physical specimens to play on their defensive line. And Oliver is there. Jerry Hughes is still extremely fit and strong. Um, athletic ability is not what they're lacking on that defensive line. And there were a lot of times last year where people just felt like they weren't getting enough performance out of that line. Is it like, can the new defensive ends help assess that? Is that something that Star Latulier coming back is going to make a big presence? Like where do we feel like the defensive line is going this year? Uh, um, so something that you said uh, that I thought was interesting was that the Bills have this very physical, uh, physically impressive defensive line. And uh, I think that's true in terms of, like, speed and size. Um, although, like, Russo, he's very big. Uh, Basham is not particularly – or Basham. I've, Basham. Sure. Uh, I can never remember which one it is. Um, but uh, Boogie, let's go with uh, Boogie. We got it. Doesn't yeah. Uh, he's not particularly tall, and neither is Evaneza. But uh, there, there are these uh, big, uh, lumbering, oversized four-three edges, defensive ends. Um, and what's curious is that they've gone out and they've gotten three of those guys, but they haven't gone out and gotten a speed rusher. Like it seems like they don't care about that, or maybe it's not that they don't care; it's that they haven't. Um, they haven't uh, found the right player for their system, um, which is curious to me because Jerry Hughes has been like their only consistent defensive end for the past, uh, I guess, since Mario left, right? So yeah. the past like five or six seasons. Yeah, that's um, right. And he's in that speed mold, and they haven't looked to go back to that mold, which I think is curious. Um, I think that might go to show just how good Jerry Hughes still is that they're that they're like very confident, just like setting him there and kind of forgetting about him, but. So they're very big, but we're not getting a lot of speed rush off the edge, which is, I think, my concern about spending three first and second round picks on players who all kind of fit the same mold. Uh, Russo's a little bit different because I think he certainly has the potential to be maybe uh, a uh, speed rusher, but he'd have to he'd have to do a lot of work. He's definitely not there now, and I don't expect him to be there anytime this season. But I think speed on the edge is going to be a problem, but they should be very physical at least. Um, and having Latule back in the middle, uh, I think it was very clear last year that uh, he was very key to what they do in the middle of the defensive line. Uh, 
in the first Chiefs game last year, there was a stretch where, like, Ed Oliver was being used as the one-technique defensive tackle. And he Ed Oliver, I think, is probably at any given point between 200, 280, 200, 290 pounds. And you don't want that guy playing one tech yeah. uh, at all. Uh, you want maybe Vernon Butler in there, or you want Star. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what they do, given that they have all these pieces that can uh, slide around, because you can use Epineza and Basham and uh, Rousseau. Uh, you can use all of them inside. So you have a situation where you can get very creative. I really hope Ed Oliver has a good year this year. I really want him to work. Yeah, I was so high on him in college. His first college game for Houston when he was a true freshman, and he, and he just, like, ate Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma for breakfast. Just, like, one of my favorite college games ever. Uh, I've been a fan of him forever. Uh, and he's giving me Solomon Thomas vibes, uh, which is not good. Uh, I hope that he can turn it around with some better one-tech play. Um and also maybe just some more depth overall. Although they didn't get much deeper at defensive tackle, they just got star back. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I, yeah, I don't hear anything from people saying, like, he's not working hard, he's not trying, he's not... You, didn't, you never hear that from Ed Oliver. So I want to believe that it will work out because, I mean, they the coaching staff has made it work out before. Leslie Frazier has been a def- defensive coordinator forever in this league. Like, if you're going to have a guy around to help teach you how to be an effective defensive player, I don't know if you could do better than having both Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott being around you as you're trying to learn the game and show you what to do. Like, Oliver's got the situation to make it work here. He's just got to pull it off somehow. So I'm hoping that works out. I hope so, too. Uh, for me with Frazier... Um... I think that the Bills may be running into this problem where they're very vanilla on defense and they're very resistant to change. And I wonder if they're trying to, because uh, Ed Oliver has this has this like really unique, almost like Aaron Donald type build. And they could probably like you could use someone like that very creatively. Like you could have them play at end sometimes, and you could have them do all these cool stunts because he's unbelievably athletic. And it seems like they're just asking him to be like Kyle Williams in there, and that's like a huge waste of his athletic profile and, you know, uh, him as a player and how unique he is. Uh, so that's been a little disappointing. I do wonder if that's going to change this year because they have all these pieces and they can start getting um, more creative in that facet of the game. Uh, I was looking at the depth chart and I was trying to game it out, and I think that there's a possible scenario where they keep six defensive ends and three defensive tackles, and that's literally just because these defensive ends can all play defensive tackle on third down. Um, I don't know if that's what they'll do, but I think it could work. I and mean, then they could get really creative and do some cool stuff with that. I mean, that'd so, be ju- just some wild combinations to be able to throw at. I mean, you worry, oh, yeah. like, is there even enough? Can you get enough snaps for everybody if you have that many guys on the team? That is something I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see Russo be a healthy scratch for a little bit. And I'm wondering what the reaction to that would be from Bill's Mafia. My guess is uh, not not very good. Um, because people were getting frustrated at, at Epineza last year, and he was a second-round pick. There have there has been a lot of groundwork laid. I feel like for people saying that Rousseau's raw. So I yeah. So and Epineza was a second-round pick. I mean, that was mostly about like, did we pick the wrong position? I feel like with Epineza, I don't necessarily feel mm-hmm. like it's did we get the wrong guy? Did should they have gone someplace else completely? 
with Rousseau, I, I wonder if people will give him a little more space simply because everybody was saying he's a project. He missed a whole year because of COVID. Like he's yeah. there's it's going to take time. I wonder if the work they've done ahead of time for that will pay off for them when we get to September and he's not playing yet. Yeah, uh, I watched uh, Rousseau and Basham's um, uh, just a few of their games each. And with Rousseau, granted, you're looking at freshman tape, which is not normal for draft evaluation. Normally, normally you have something better than that. Um, and you're not just going off what this guy did as a freshman. He did have 15 and a half sacks, but he's not doing like none of his like pass rushing moves uh, step out. Whereas uh, if you look at Basham, who uh, I'm a little mixed on, but uh, he has some like actual like really nice pass rushing moves right off the bat. So I think Basham should be a little more ready to contribute right away. But if they develop Russo the right way, then uh, the sky's the limit. And the Bills could draft and develop their first uh, like good defensive end since Aaron Schobel. Unless you want to be, unless you want to say Shaq, which yeah, I, yeah, I can give you that. Wow. But they they have not had a lot of luck. No, defensive ends during the drought at all. My goodness, that's right. Oh boy, man. There was a three year stretch where they drafted Aaron Schobel, Ryan Denny, and Chris Kelsey in three years in a row, all second round picks. I'm, I don't want to fall down the time. I, I listen. Yeah. I anyway. You know, I did all podcast down that. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Oh yeah. my goodness. Uh Victoria uh Saley joining us here on the line. We got a few more minutes uh talking Bills football. Gabe Davis. Um I was so impressed with his ability to play under pressure, making big catches in extraordinarily important playoff games. The first time I feel like in a long time where there was a player in Buffalo who was thriving in prime time. Where yeah, like just the pressure sure. built and he absolutely rose up to it, which is a huge positive sign for his development. And I wonder where that's going to take him because I'm not sure the Bills expected it. And I wonder like where does he fit in now? Like where where is his spot? Is he going to is he a long term replacement for Cole Beasley? Is he are, are, did they get you know Sanders and are just going to find out if maybe Davis is better anyway and they just play Davis like where does where is his future with the Bills because I want it to be good. Yeah, uh, I think it's like with rookie wide receivers if they perform like right away that's usually a pretty good indication that they're like a good player like Justin Jefferson as one point uh, has has uh, a four hundred yards as a rookie you know that he's going to be good for a long time uh, guys like that don't really fade. Um, but with Gabe, I think it's interesting that they dumped John Brown, but then went and got Sanders. I wonder if that shows that they also did not expect what they got last year and that looking at the position, they want a veteran there sort of, um, well, I guess we don't know. That's going to be something to watch once we get into training camp and we start, uh, once, uh, everyone, uh, religiously checks, uh, which players are getting first and second and third team snaps. At least I know I do that. Uh, right. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they plan on rotating Sanders and Davis um, or what exactly they're trying to do. Um, like I said, the Bills run 11 personnel, which is one tight end and one running back. Um, they run it more than any other team in the league. They, they did it 77% of the time last year, which is kind of crazy to think about because we think of them as this like spread team. Um so I don't, I, I don't expect Davis to 
do a whole lot as like the fourth wide receiver on the field, but I think they'll probably try and get him some looks uh, where they'll take Sanders off the field or maybe no, because Diggs and Beasley are pretty much Iron Men. Like they pretty much play all the snaps uh, with some exceptions. Uh, but yeah, I would expect Davis to to um, to share his role with Sanders at least for this season. I'm, uh, I don't know. If, yeah, along but, along with Davis uh, in that mold, I'm really looking forward to Zach Moss. I really want to see what he can do. He was thrilling uh, when he got a chance to really plow guys over last year. It was, mm-hmm. um, and not to say that Devin Singletary did not look for contact or did not want to play hard, um, but like it, it, I felt like a very different physical edge from Zach Moss at the running back position. Um, they have two. They have those two guys, and I think they're both pretty good. Um, wh- what do we get out of the Bills' running backs this year? What, is it, what do we think? We what do we think it looks like? So I'm going to take this opportunity to um, shout out Zach Moss for doing something that I don't think anyone else is really talking about, which is that Zach Moss is a killer in the pass blocking game. Um, he, I, PFF grades, I can't believe I'm actually was going to cite his PFF grade. Like I remember it off the top of my head, but uh, he grades out. And if you watch the film, this also bears out uh, as a like, as, as a like uh, quite quite above average pass blocker as a running back and Singletary is not that guy. Uh, he's a little smaller, like just a like little less physical of a player, and he wasn't out there on third down that much last year. But uh, when part of the reason why Allen was so good last year is that they were able, the Bills were able to sit in like seven man protection where you have Zach Moss laying dudes out and you have Dawson Knox playing. Uh, his sort of like quasi fullback role, where yeah. he uh, he's he's awesome in that role too. Uh, give some credit to Dawson Knox for only that. Uh, <laughs> so I think I would imagine that Moss will continue getting play, especially on like third down, because he's so like rock solid in the passing game. And I've been thinking about it, and I really wonder if part of the reason why the Chiefs were so able to overwhelm the Bills in the AFC Championship game is because Moss was hurt. Um, I wonder, well, with the Ravens game, you also have the factor of the weather. Um, but with the Chiefs game especially, I think they really missed Moss because he he just has the instincts to, like, pick up, pick up blitzes and all that, um, which they definitely needed that game for sure. Um, I don't expect a ton of change in like how well they actually run the ball, which is kind of a boring answer. Uh, but they kept the same personnel on, at the offensive line. Um, you're probably running out either uh, like Bucker again, or maybe Cody Ford takes his starting job back. But um, it's, the Bills know what their strengths are as an offense, and they've built their offensive line to reflect that. So they just cannot run the ball traditionally. Uh, they're still pretty good at like pulling and stuff like that when – they do some like cool counter uh, run design. Mitch Morse loves to get out into the open field and just like lay dudes out. Um, but I wouldn't expect that much change in the running game uh, unless Dable uh, like revamps the concepts that he's going to or stuff like that, which is stuff that we'll be able to start seeing in like the preseason and towards week one. I mean, they scored a million points. It's hard to complain about their offensive scheme when their offense was so effective last year. So, totally. I mean, I'm I'm not one to complain. Will the Bills keep the vibes going, Victoria? Are, are we going uh, to see a true Bills-pilled fall in 2021? 
are you going to get upset at me if I say that we should maybe temper our vibe expectations? No, absolutely not. This is a safe space okay. for our vibe conversation. All right. Um, in football, uh, natural regression is like is is like pretty constant or um, consistent, I guess. Um, I would the the Bills vibes last year were so astronomical. Uh, nuclear weapons grade off the charts that I doubted I doubted this season will be able to like quite quite reach those heights uh, especially because the division got uh, got much stronger I think um, so and also I don't think that's a big deal uh, the bills have kind of arrived as a good team and good teams have ups and downs they experience negative and positive regression um, and it's I mm, I don't want everyone to freak out if they go like 11 and six this year or if the Patriots steal the division, which I think there's a better chance of that Ooh. than we might want to admit. Uh, I'm talking like maybe like a 35% chance is where I'm feeling right now. Um, I mean, yeah. look, the, uh, the Bills won a lot of close games last year. They like they, they almost did. lost to the Jets. They almost lost to um, the Patriots. I mean, they were in shootouts against Seattle, against the Rams. I mean, they weren't blowing the doors off of people all the time. I mean, a lot of that stuff was close. Yeah. Um, they really started just going nuts in the second half of the season, but like a lot of what they did there in terms of like the protection they were getting from Ike Butger, um, I don't think is very sustainable. Uh, and it's fine. It's fine. If they win 11 games or 10 games and they make the playoffs and they look okay and they leave in the divisional rounds, it's not the end of the world. Uh, we're still doing okay. Uh, I think we have to get used to to things not being all bad all the time, but that also means that we have to get used to things not being all good all the time. So I think it's uh, just mm, don't don't overreact if things go a little uh, sideways this year. It's fun to be chased. It's fun to have the Jets and the Patriots exactly. and the Dolphins thinking, how do we get as good as the Bills again? That's It's nice to be there. And they all got a lot better in the Bills. I mean, the Bills uh, made some minor changes, but for the but for the most part, they're kind of rolling the same team out, which isn't a bad call. They were very good. Um, but yeah, I I would I would expect us to or I don't say us. I would expect the the Bills to drop at least a game or two in the division. No, us, uh, you and, and me specifically. You and I will drop a game in the AFC East. <laughs> we will finish the season. Uh, I. I will catch one hitch route. I promise you that. I, I will go out into the flat. I will have a ball go over my head, and I will get absolutely annihilated by a middle linebacker. Dead on the field, guaranteed. Uh, it's, I'll roast you at your funeral. I appreciate that very much. Victoria Saley joining me on the line, at DirtbagQueer on Twitter. Uh, great Bills content and great uh, general Twitter content. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, Corey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.